the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we're underway on this Thursday, the 23rd morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Appreciate you being with us. we got a packed house today, and you're going to enjoy each and every one of these conversations. Coming up at 9.35, Jim Jordan on a Thursday. Yeah, uh, we normally have him on Mondays. He was unavailable due to his schedule this past Monday. He was in studio with us last week for two straight hours. Now he's on a Thursday. So he'll be with us at 935. And we've got a host of issues to talk about with him, including the border, including budget reconciliation, including infrastructure, and including uh, the ongoing uh, disaster that is Americans being left behind and being held hostage, in essence, by the Taliban in Afghanistan. We'll talk to Jim Jordan about all of that and what the Republicans are planning on doing. So that will be coming up at 9.35. At 10.10 on Thursday, you know, we talked to Dr. Everett Piper. He's got a host of issues to talk about as well, including the ACLU honoring and disparaging the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg all at the same time while trying to honor her for her staunch support throughout her lifetime and career of abortion rights. They re- uh, or they edited, rather, her quote on abortion. And they got rid of the word women, as in women's rights to have an abortion, and replaced it with something else. <laughs> yes, they are trying to be inclusive, as if, as if beings other than women can give birth. We're going to hit that with, Jim, with uh, Dr. Everett Piper coming up at 1010, among other topics. And then at 1035... We'll uh, wade back into the Ohio 
uh, Republican primary fight for the uh, Rob Portman seat in the United States Senate. J.D. Vance will be back with us. J.D. Vance just picked up a pretty big endorsement from uh, Charlie Kirk, who, of course, you hear every day at noon here on AM 1420, The Answer. So uh, what does that mean for him going forward? So we're going to pick his brain about some of these issues and about that endorsement as well. So Jim Jordan. Dr. Everett Piper and J.D. Vance all coming up on the program this morning. Now, before we get into the top news of the day, what do you say we honor America? Please stand, patriots. Put your hand on your heart. Face your flag if you have one nearby. Leftists, go ahead and sit this out. You're not fooling anybody. We know how you feel. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You know, I should point out, just uh, for the sake of pointing it out, when I had Jim Jordan in the studio last week, kind of co-hosting with me for two hours, and I played the Pledge of Allegiance, he, he, he wasn't on camera, but he stood in our studio for the Pledge of Allegiance. And we had a little tiny flag. In the studio, just a little tiny flag. It was part of a, it looked like it was part of a leftover 4th of July celebration decoration. It was like in a solo cup with a bunch of, you know, little red, white, and blue type sparkly things or something. And a little mini American flag was inside of it. And Jim Jordan faced that and did the Pledge of Allegiance with us while he was in studio. So I just thought you should know that. That's, uh, that's kind of typical of who he is. That's what I've come to uh, admire about him. He, he, he walks the walk. He doesn't, excuse me, just talk the talk. All right. I want to start rather than the border today, even though the border continues to be the biggest issue that we're facing right now with respect to being a nation, with respect to our sovereignty. Uh, I want to talk about COVID, and I want to talk about the ongoing requirements. I want to talk about the ongoing mandates, and I want to talk about the utter and complete failure of, quote-unquote, science to lead the way. On August 24th, the governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, uber-liberal in an uber-liberal state, She um, imposed a state masking mandate that requires everyone five years of age and older, regardless of vaccinated or unvaccinated, to wear a mask or a face covering or a face shield, not just in indoor spaces, which is where most of the quote-unquote science people say it's the most dangerous uh, for COVID to be spread. In Oregon, she issued this mandate for people outside. In the open air. (laughs) Outdoors. She did this back on August 24th. Well, today's September 23rd, so we're about a month in. How's that going for you in Oregon? Masking mandates, not just indoors, but outdoors. She said at the time, cases and hospitalizations are at a record high. Masks are a quick and simple tool we can immediately deploy to protect ourselves and our families and quickly help stop further spread. Of COVID-19. Well, on August 24th, the day she made that mandate, issued that mandate, Oregon had 49,889 active cases of COVID-19. As of yesterday, September 22nd, one month later, they had 86,623 active cases of COVID-19. I'm not laughing at people getting COVID-19 and getting sick. I'm laughing at the ignorance of the leadership. Again, trying to convince you, trying to convince us that there is a way to stop this with little pieces of paper or fabric over your face. 
Science is what they are using to justify their mandates. And yet, science has not proven in one single, solitary, randomized, controlled study um, that masks work. They don't work. Let me say it again. The, 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 the uh, printing on the side of a box of surgical masks that are perfectly acceptable to all of the government officials who are mandating face diapers, face muzzles, in many cases, is a better way to say that. Um, The language on the box literally says, this does not stop the transmission of coronavirus. It literally says that on the side of the box of those uh, surgical masks. And those are considered to be better than just the cloths. Or the gaiters, which is basically like somebody pulling their shirt up over their nose, uh, the front of their shirt up over their nose. It's just fabric. Doesn't stop the spread at all. And yet, people like Kate Brown and others continue to mandate mask wearing. Not just indoors, but in this case, outdoors. One month after that outdoor mask um, mandate, the COVID-19 case uh, record in Oregon is 73% higher. 73% higher. Now, mind you, cases just mean positive tests. That doesn't mean these are people all fighting for their lives in a hospital. An active case does not mean that the person is significantly ill. It just means it's another positive test. But the point being, positive tests are continuing to ring the bell in Oregon despite this mandate to wear masks. Now, if there was any common sense or any kind of reason guiding government officials in other states and in other cities. This would be an example they would point to and say, okay, um, no more mask mandates. We're going to ask you to be careful if you feel symptomatic, if you feel sick, stay home, don't be around other people, uh, but breathe the free air because these things don't work. There's another example of it. They don't work. There are countless numbers of studies that have been done. You know, I said a moment ago, there are no studies that have been done that actually prove that masks work in a, in a massive uh, scale, in a massive setting. Well, there are plenty of studies that have been done that prove they don't. These studies have been done here. They have been done internationally, and they are not ambiguous. They are clear as a bell. If you believe in science, which is what they're telling us to do, then do not believe that putting a bandana around your face or a cloth face mask or even one of those surgical masks will stop the coronavirus from getting in or out of that mask if you have the, that germ, you have those uh, those particles, as they call them. It's just simple. So why are they continuing to do it? Well, for the same reason Joe Biden issued a mandate for the vaccine. For anybody who works for a company that has 100 employees or more, you must get vaccinated or you lose your job. Going to take food off your table, going to make you unable to pay your rent or your mortgage, unable to pay for your car payment, your health insurance, going to take all of that away from you because you won't take a vaccine. That is proving day by day by day to be less effective the longer the time goes by than they ever thought it would be. To the point where yesterday, another big story, once again the FDA is wading into the booster idea. Pfizer wanted boosters to be made available and legalized, so did Biden. For all uh, Americans who have already had both jabs, six months, I believe it is, after the second jab, the FDA originally said no to that. 
Now the FDA is saying, yes, they're, they're, they're flipping sort of, but not for everybody but just for those 65 and older and those with compromising comorbidities. In other words, other health conditions that make them a little bit more vulnerable. So, and this just one day after Johnson & Johnson said, hey, us too, um, we realize that ours isn't working as well as we thought it would, so um, we want to give boosters too. We want to give another one of ours six or eight months after people got our Johnson & Johnson shot. And, you know, the, the phrasing of that, of course, was very, very meticulous, We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Perhaps you read the headlines themselves. The phrasing wasn't Johnson & Johnson says their shot didn't work so great, needs booster now. The phrasing was Johnson & Johnson is pleased to announce that a booster of their vaccine gives you even more protection. Isn't that great? In other words, it's working so fantastic right now, you should have more of it. It's all in the presentation. It's all in the packaging. And it's all pseudoscientific. Again, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the fact that months after getting the COVID, uh, the uh, Pfizer shot, months after getting the Johnson and Johnson shot, it doesn't matter if it's the RNA or if it's the traditional "quote unquote" vaccine. The effectiveness is wearing off because artificial vaccines do not allow your body to adjust to the changing variant of the virus. The only thing that does is your natural immunization, your antibodies, your T-cells. And this isn't a talk show host talking. This is science talking. You know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's hilarious to me that we are lectured on a regular basis by the left, calling us science deniers, calling us flat earthers for not believing in the RNA, quote-unquote, vaccine technology. And yet telling us that our own antibodies are not enough. God's vaccine that he made in his lab, it's called our immune systems, telling us that those are the ones that don't last very long. I had, um, I had uh, dinner last night with uh, Len Hauser, two friends of mine, Len Hauser and, uh, and, and my friend Chris Cito, too. So a little shout-out to Chris. Well, Len, of course, runs the morning show with, with Sarah over on The Fish, our sister station on the FM side. And Len and I uh, were talking about this, and Len is all in on my idea of an antibodies party. We want to throw a party for as many people who, who want to attend as humanly possible, for people who have had COVID and recovered and have the antibodies now to protect them, to immunize them, to inoculate them against future potential infections, because science, the science, uh, scientific personnel we're told and we've been trained to listen to, like Dr. Fauci and like Rochelle Walensky of the CDC, who's not even a doctor, uh, I mean, all of these science personnel refuse to acknowledge the most basic scientific principle, that your immune system, once you have been infected with something like a respiratory virus, builds up an immunity to stop you from getting it again. You want herd immunity, herd immunity is going to come from that much more than it is from vaccinations. Because the vaccinations don't have the effectiveness to adjust itself when a variant of the virus that was first infecting the, the, the body uh, is, is released. So science won't tell you that natural immunization works and matters. Antibodies matter. They're demanding that you take the jab even if you have the antibodies. 
They're demanding that you, in order to keep your livelihood, to pay your rent, pay your mortgage, to keep your job, for your bosses, your or your business owners to stay open without being fined, making their employees take the jab, even if they've already had the vaccine, or um, excuse me, the virus. And so what we want to do is just call attention to it in a massive way. We want to get a few hundred of our closest friends together in a big room, in a big building, and we're going to have some music, and we're going to have some drinks, and we're going to have some food, and we're going to have a party. It's an antibodies party. And we're going to celebrate natural immunity. And we're going to point out that we don't need vaccinations from some con- uh, uh, concoctions in some lab by Pfizer, Big Pharma, uh, to do what our bodies can already do better than that, and we're not going to uh, we're not going to subject ourselves to any kind of an unconstitutional mandate when it's not only not necessarily for those of us who have antibodies, but more importantly, it could be dangerous to take the synthetic vaccine on top of your natural immunization and your natural antibodies. And we have seen a number of cases that prove exactly that. So stay tuned for that. I will be announcing, and it's going to be next month. We're targeting October. Before we get into the winter months and people don't want to drive anywhere, we're going to have an antibodies party. And uh, I'm, I'm looking very much forward to it. I'm, I want to see as many people as humanly possible who are there, who have already been infected, who have the antibodies, or who are supporters of this, this, uh, this science, the real science, not the pseudoscience being pushed by Fauci and others. All right, let's take a quick time out. It's 922 AM 1420, The Answer. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 925 probably should make the announcement. Not necessarily sure that it's going to mean a whole heck of a lot to be truthful. But probably should point out that as Joe Biden's um, approval rating plummets, and the numbers are very, very bad, his new approval rating is uh, a new low of 43%. That of Kamala Harris is at 49%. And hers is higher probably only because she's hiding. I, I mean, seriously, what does she do? When do you see her? What is her job? We know what her job is supposed to be, dealing with the border crisis. Is she doing it? No. She's literally, she lit, I think she and her handlers literally know that when she comes out of hiding, when she goes into public and she speaks, and she does her giggle, and she does her stilted delivery, people cringe. They absolutely hate listening to Kamala Harris, which is why she doesn't go out and speak in public. Uh, she's, she's literally the most useless vice president, perhaps, eh, since her boss since Joe Biden was the vice president for Barack Obama. But at any rate, his approval rating is down to 43%, and that is a new low. The first time a majority 53% disapprove of his performance. This is not a push poll by Fox News or some conservative uh, uh, service. This is Gallup. This is Gallup, which is widely considered to be something of a gold standard when it comes to polling. September 1st through the 17th, so it's very, very current, conducted after the U.S. military evacuated more than 120,000 people from Afghanistan in the largest cluster blank in the history of the American military. The U.S. exit there, marred by the death of 13 uh, service personnel. Uh, The ongoing crisis at the southern border. 
Um, the ongoing attempt by Biden to build back better with $3.5 trillion of the American taxpayer for a liberal socialist uh, wish list. All of the, I mean, seriously, it's just coming apart at the seams. Prices on the rise, inflation, a serious issue. Um, countless numbers of jobs unable to be filled. People don't want to go back to work uh, because of what uh, Biden gave them before. I mean, all of this stuff adding up is this leading to quite literally the most horrendous performance by a presidential administration uh, for the first 10 months, anyway, of its uh, existence in American history. In American history. I'm going to say that again for emphasis. In American history. Not in the last few years, ever. It's that bad. And it leads us to this story, which, again, I say um, isn't necessarily a huge deal because it's probably not going to go anywhere, but somebody finally decided to go ahead and um, uh, introduce articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. It is something that, quite frankly, should have been done a long time ago. There's no reason whatsoever that this should have been done a long time ago. He has committed numerous um, high crimes and misdemeanors, intentionally aiding and abetting our enemies, intentionally putting Americans in jeopardy. There's no other way to describe leaving $85 billion worth of military for the Taliban, military equipment, for the Taliban to use potentially against us. That's called aiding and abetting the enemy. That is called treason. Leaving Americans behind enemy lines intentionally by agreeing to some arbitrary red line date imposed by the enemy. That's called treason. So Bob Gibbs... Our very own Northeast Ohio 7th Congressional District, Bob Gibbs, introduced three articles of impeachment uh, on Tuesday. I take this very seriously, he said. I don't think it's haphazard, and I'm not trying to get media attention. He's done so much damage to this country in less than nine months, which is really scary. The first impeachment article, and we're going to talk to Jim Jordan about this in a few minutes, charges that Biden violated his constitutional oath to faithfully execute the office of president with his handling of migration on the U.S.-Mexico border. Article 2 of impeachment accuses Biden of violating the separation of powers by extending the federal moratorium on evictions despite the clear warning from the Supreme Court and with no legislative directives from the U.S. Congress to do so. And the third states that Biden failed to act responsibly as commander-in-chief with regard to the safe withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan. So this, again, probably will not go anywhere. But it's a, it's a recognition, at least, that members of Congress, that the Republicans here are not going to just sit by passively and watch Joe Biden destroy this country step by painstaking step. They're going to try to fight back. At least Bob Gibbs is, and we'll see how much support he gets. All right. Keep that in your back pocket as we go to the news. And on the other side of the news, Jim Jordan will react to those stories and more coming up on AM 1420 The Answer. We can go if we want to. Night is young and so am I. And we can dress real neat from our hearts to our feet and surprise them with a victory cry. social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer over 16,000 reported haitians not all haitians and not all, not all of them directly from haiti 
many Haitians by origin, but living in Central America and South America, and yes, moving their way through Mexico Mexico to our southern border. More than 16,000 of them at the peak, under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas, coming into the United States illegally and awaiting processing. What does processing mean? Does it mean being returned to your home country? No, it means 99% of the time being flown via ice air to the city of your choosing, or the city of ice's choosing, doesn't matter. It means dispersing them into the population of the United States. Two ICE field offices, which are overrun and overwhelmed, who then release these individuals without any promise whatsoever of a return to have a hearing. How and why can this be happening? The only, the only conclusion any rational person can reach is this is deliberate, this is intentional, this is exactly what Hillary Clinton campaigned on in 2016 when she talked about a borderless hemisphere. So let's hope they change their mind and do the right thing, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Strong accusation there on Fox News from Congressman Jim Jordan that this is intentional, and to be quite honest with you, I don't know how you can see it any other way. Congressman Jordan joins us now to uh, 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 explain that a little bit more. Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Bob. Good to be with you. Good to have you back, as always. Appreciated having you in the studio last week. Yeah, that was and, uh, fun. That it was really fun. was. It really was. I uh, enjoyed the conversation. I, I know your constituents, my listeners, did as well. You said on Fox News, and you kind of said this on my program, too, there's no way to see mm-hmm. this other than intentional. It's impossible for this to be incompetence. It's impossible for this to be accidental. This is happening because this is what they want to happen. Can you explain further? Well, especially when you have uh, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas <clears throat> testifying in front of Congress and saying, our plan is working, the border is secure, and you're like, well, what are you talking about? Like, the, the idea that you're going to mislead and lie to the American people um, just, I think, sort of underscores that, that, that I don't know how anyone can reach any other conclusion, as you said, that, that this is intentional. So, um, you know, we, I think I said this on your program last week, when, when month after month, March was the highest month on record until April, and then April until May, and then May until June, June until July. In July, we had 212,000 illegal encounters on, on the border. And then August, it dropped all the way down to 208,000. My guess is it probably still went up, but the border patrol agents are so darn busy dealing with Afghan uh, refugees, dealing with the Haitian situation in Del Rio, that, that there was probably more even in, in August and July. They just didn't have those encounters. So, um, when you have that kind of situation, again, I, I, American people are smart that we have common sense. I think you have to reach the conclusion this is deliberate, this is intentional, this is just a refusal to do what everyone knows need to be, needs to be done, which is implement uh, or put back in place the Trump policy. One of the most um, aggravating things that I've seen in a very, very long time, and this is, this is in, a, in an industry, in the news business, where we see aggravating things every single day, but this is just one of the very worst, Congressman, is the fact that Alejandro Mayorkas has put cavalry border agents on leave and they are probably going to be fired for doing what cavalry border agents do, patrolling the the the, uh, the border on horseback. That's what a yeah. cavalry border yeah. patrol is. They're highly trained, highly skilled in maneuvering and controlling the horses uh, in order to stop migration and stop illegal uh, aliens from advancing across a river, across whatever the uh, the situation may be. They also are experts at keeping the people safe so they don't get trampled by the horses by spinning their reins next to the horses to keep the people back. Maxine Waters said yesterday, this is worse than slavery. White uh, 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 police officers on horseback whipping black people. It's just like, if not worse than slavery. Congressman, now these agents may lose their jobs over this. Can you make sense of that for me? 
I mean, it's just this general trend you see with the Biden administration, you know, put uh, uh, put uh, illegal immigrants first, put uh, American citizens, uh, the police, border patrol agents, put them last. Um, it, it, it is it is so frustrating. But we, we, we saw the, the same thing when when you have uh, we, we saw this with with uh, the attack on police officers all uh, all last year. Um, I, I just don't get it. it we, we look, we, think about this. Um, Americans are going to have to take take the vaccine, even if they've had COVID and have natural immunity. We talked about this in the show last week. They're going to have to do that or possibly lose their job. Meanwhile, come on in across the border. Jin Saki thinks you're only staying for a little while. It's just going to be a short little trip here, and you're going to be heading back. Uh, and they don't have to get uh, any test, any vaccination before they come in the country. So it's always like the American citizens get pushed to the back and everything else to the front. And this is just another example of that. And the things that... You know, I learned a long time ago, Maxine Waters says some things that just do not make sense. Uh, I remember when she said, you go after these people, you, you confront them in the, in the grocery store and the rest. I mean, this is Maxine Waters. Well, and it's not just her, though. That's the real frustrating part. The vice president yeah. two days ago actually stopped herself from giggling for a change and actually brought out the crocodile tears, the faux tears. And she literally was, was at, a, at the point of weeping when discussing and describing what was done to these Haitian immigrants by these big, bad white people on horseback. Uh, she, again, yeah. advancing the notion that they were being whipped and that those were not reins being used uh, expertly by the expert horsemen, for crying out loud, to keep the people away from the horses. Um, do do, do yeah. these people not realize congressman that there are mounted patrols in major american cities like new york city where they literally have police officers on horseback for a purpose for they provide yeah. a barrier they provide a barrier yeah. it's an intimidating thing it keeps people back it's this isn't this isn't unique well, to the border well, situation yeah well joe biden wouldn't know this kamala harris wouldn't know this because they've never been to the border but what, what did we find out yesterday that yeah, in, we did. In, in, I mean, there's there's I mean, maybe maybe they're wrong, but I thought I saw Fox reporting that in their they've done an examination from the time Joe Biden was in in person in the United States Senate all the way through Vice President and now as President. They don't know that he's ever went to the border. So he well, yeah, probably Peter, Peter Ducey asked Jen Psaki about, about that yesterday. Yeah. He said, you know, as president, as vice president, in the Senate, or even in his private life, just as a concerned citizen, has he ever been to the southern border of the United States? And he pointed out he's been quick to go for the, you know, the, to examine the situation on the ground after a hurricane, after a wildfire in, in California, after flooding in New York, in New Jersey. All of these things he has been on the ground because that's what a leader does. You've got to go and examine. In the situation firsthand, talk to the first responders there, see yep. what needs they have, see what FEMA needs, you know, declaring disaster, whatever the case might be. But this crisis, this disaster, this human, uh, you know, a uh, disaster on the southern border, he is refusing to go anywhere near. Yeah, no, it, it again, uh, I just don't know one thing this administration has done right, uh, and, and maybe the thing they've done most wrong is the, is the, is the border security situation. It's just it's unprecedented. Now they're moving people to Guantanamo Bay. Uh, it was reported yesterday. I mean, this, this from the same president who, when he was vice president, the Obama-Biden administration talked about, you know, that they campaigned on making sure no one was in Guantanamo, and now they're going to move Haitians to Guantanamo. So um, it, it just underscores why, why uh, you know, we got we to get Republicans back in control of the House next year 
and be able to push back even more on some of the crazy things they're trying to do. All right. Uh, you mentioned, you know, I, I can't think of anything they've done right, to be truthful, in 10 minutes. Um, uh, but it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to say that he has broken the law and has committed high crimes and misdemeanors. I bring that up to ask you your thoughts on Bob Gibbs, Representative Bob Gibbs, your colleague in the Ohio 7th, introduced three articles yeah. of impeachment against Biden yesterday. I don't expect yeah. it to go anywhere without a majority, but I'm right, interested right. in your reaction. No, no, I, th- I think that's great. I, I think that's fine. Uh, but I think that I think the proper approach is he should resign. I've called for that. I think a lot of people have. Yeah, I just don't think he's up for the job. You watch any of the press conferences he's done in the, in the last month or so, uh, and you're like, uh, I, I just don't think he's he's. I just don't think he's up for the job of commander in chief, president of the United States, president of the greatest country, the leader of the world. I just don't think he's he's up to that. So, I, I think that's the proper response. I don't know that that's going to happen either, but. Um, Everything you point to, I mean, you can look at Afghanistan. How about this speech? Think about this. At the very time he is speaking this past week at the United Nations, in his speech he says, we are going to work to build back our relationships with our allies, as if President Trump didn't have good relationship with our allies. So, But that's what he's implying. We're going to build back our relationship with these allies. At the very moment he is saying that, the Democrats are taking money from the Iron Dome defense system for our best ally, the state of Israel. You're like... You can't make this stuff up. This is how out of touch the Democrats are, how out of touch this administration is. So I, I, I wish President Biden would resign. Um, but again, I just don't I don't see that happening either. Well, yeah, their anti-Semitism is it, it, it you know, it, it speaks for itself. I mean, you're exactly right. It's a billion dollars, which, you know, to you and me would say, oh, my God, a billion dollars. But in the in the grand scheme of a three point five trillion dollar budget reconciliation bill, it's a tiny little drop in a very, very large bucket. And to well, tell to tell Israel they can't have the Iron Dome, which, by the way. Doesn't just save Jewish lives; it saves Palestinian lives. lives too. When Hamas lobs rockets into Israel, it everybody is protected human. by that system. It saves human lives from rockets from terrorists. You got to be. I've seen. I've been over there. there there's a the, 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 these these Israeli uh, defense uh, forces. They have to make a decision in a few seconds when a rocket comes off. Is that rocket going to land in the Mediterranean, or is it going to hit a population center? Where, as you rightly point out, there are there are Palestinians and Israelis there. So. Uh, it's about saving human lives. It's about protecting our friends. And the very, the very time he's making a statement about rebuilding uh, our relationships with allies, that very week, France pulled their ambassador, and as he's saying the statement, the Democrats in Congress are taking out money for the Iron Dome defense system for Israel. He, again, it's like they're in la-la. Nothing makes sense with these guys. So, uh, again, underscoring why... He should resign. Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, let, let's move on to that bill I just mentioned, the $3.5 trillion. You can call it a lot of different things. Uh, it's the budget reconciliation bill. I call it the Green New Deal starter kit. Uh, it's a liberal wish list, whatever you want to call it. The House Progressive Caucus, uh, which I believe is 93 members strong of their majority, um, has said they will not vote to pass the one point, what is it, one point nine, or was it was that spent was that uh, uh, dropped a little? One point two. One point two. Okay, yeah. won't pass the one point two trillion dollar uh, infrastructure bill unless the reconciliation bill is passed first. Which means that neither one of those monstrosities are going to be passed, and neither one of those things this, uh, upsets me even a little bit. I know we need in, in, yeah. I know we need infrastructure, but there is a ton of pork even in that one point two trillion dollar bill right. as well. Right. Um, so, right. are they going to sit, and uh, are are they going to allow the government to be shut down, or are the Republicans going to bail them out as we always seem to do? No, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I view this as all one big package, and and I'm against all of it. 
uh, and they break it out on against each piece. Um, uh, and I think that most of our most of our colleagues are going to be there, Republican colleagues. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I think I don't know if they know what they're going to. They have no clue. I think right now because they can't get the votes for anything. Uh, and I think this just underscores how how messed up the government is with Biden in the in the executive branch, Schumer running the Senate, and, and Pelosi running the House. Um, like we said earlier, nothing's done right, and they can't even they can't even spend all the crazy money, which you would think they could all agree on that. That's one thing the left has agreed on is is growing the size of government, moving us more towards socialism. Um, but they can't even they can't even agree on that, and so that's that's a good thing for the American family and the American taxpayer. Because remember their economic plan, Bob. We talked about this last week. Their economic plan: lock down the economy, spend like crazy, pay people not to work, and then for everyone who is working, they're getting ready to raise your taxes. So if we can avoid this big spending package, which has the big tax increases in it. That's good for our economy and good for families. Um, so, so what about the the idea of the government remaining open? If there's this deadlock and it's brought on by the Democrats, brought on by the again their their liberal caucus, their progressive caucus. But what if there is is the, if the government shuts down? Hugh Hewitt talked about this this morning, and he wrote about it in the Post uh, that you know when Pelosi closes the government, which is what would have to happen here, uh, the the left and the media is going to go crazy blaming the Republicans for it, and he says that the Republicans must simply say no. The Democrats can fix all of this they run everything they broke it they bought it we aren't going to help them tax and spend into fiscal abyss yeah. but do the republicans have the fiscal responsibility so. yeah. to do that do they have the courage yeah. to do that yeah the democrats control the the white house the democrats control the senate the democrats control the house of representatives but if there's a shutdown oh it's republicans fault i mean that's what only, they're gonna do you know that. only yeah, that only would the mainstream press and the, and the left try to make that argument. Uh, look, they can they can scrap the crazy three point five trillion dollar bill. They can pull all the tax increases out of that, and they can put in. Uh, 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 if, if they can't get the votes of that, they can say we're going to fund the government via reconciliation. It only takes fifty votes, uh, fifty one votes in the Senate. They could do that right now, but they don't have the votes for that. So uh, yeah, it, this is this is all on the Democrats. We'll see what they come up with. But uh, there's no way I'm voting for that, and I don't think there's going to be Republicans support that. McConnell's been clear on that. He's not going to support uh, some package that, that uh, on the debt ceiling and, and the spending bill issue. All right, last question for you, Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, thanks so much for the time this morning. Uh, you bet. We waited for two years, almost two full years, for the John Durham report. John Durham was going to get to the bottom of the Russia hoax, uh, the allegations of collusion, the spying, the FISA court. He was going to get to the bottom of, of everything that was done to try to destroy Team Trump when it was a campaign and the Trump administration when it was in office. And for two two years now, we've been waiting for this guy to, to emerge from whatever cocoon he's in. Now he comes out and we get one indictment of an Obama lawyer. And I'm not saying that's minor, but I'm saying that's minor. Is this all that we're going to get well, on our plate for two years well, of, of waiting? I, I actually look at it as, as, as a positive sign because I, I think this is the key distinction. I talked about this earlier this week. Um, this is not just your normal false statement indictment made to the investigators. So in other words, Zussman's lie wasn't to uh, Durham or his team of investigators looking into this situation. Zussman's lie was one of the original lies. Zussman went to Jim Baker back in 2016 and was taking him information from the Clinton campaign uh, about this, this relationship supposedly Trump, Trump uh, business had with a bank in Russia. Turned out not to be true, of course, but he was taking that information. So it was, I, I said it this way, it's, it's not a lie, it's the lie. 
This is the live from September 2016, back when they were launching the Crossfire Hurricane in the Trump campaign. So, and and it was a 27-page indictment. So normally, normally when uh, you have this, it's a one-page indictment, and it's about lying to the investigators who are you know the folks doing the investigation right then. That's not this case. So I think this is a positive sign. Uh, I know we've waited forever, and I agree with all that. But remember how this indictment starts out. In fact, I got it in front of me. It, it, in or about October 2016, approximately one week before the 2016 U.S. presidential election, multi, multiple media outlets reported the U.S. government authorities had received and were investigating allegations concerning a purported secret channel of communications between Trump and this Russian bank. So he starts off with that. What we, what you and I have been talking about for years. What we know happened is Clinton campaign hires Perkins Coie, hires uh, Fusion GPS who then puts together the dossier and this other story that Zussman's being charged about uh, 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 taken to the FBI. That's what started it all, and it was all designed to get into the press to hurt President Trump's chances in the election. And that's exactly what Durham starts with in his, in his indictment. So I think there's, there's this is a positive sign. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But but is it is it indicative that there there's more to come? Are they going to use him and squeeze him to get... I mean, you just mentioned all of those individuals involved, all of the entities involved. I, I, I want to know why there aren't dozens of indictments. It, it's not one yeah. guy didn't mastermind this thing and everybody else just... And if they did dutifully follow along, whose orders did they follow? Uh, and is that an yeah. excuse? You know, uh, you yeah. Know I mean? Good good point. Uh, I, I don't know. What I do know is obviously Durham is, is being thorough. I mean, I guess that's probably oh, the other statement of the year because uh, he's being thorough. We'll have to see. <clears throat> but, um, I mean, you, you can, it seems to me you can view the glass half full, half empty on this one. I, I think it's positive because I, we've just not, for example, Mueller brought false statements to the FBI indictments yeah. that, that were all about people talking to him and his team. And those weren't even good. Like what he did to Michael Flynn, we think that was bogus as well. But, but that's a different animal than this one, than this false, uh, 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 false statement to the FBI, because this was Zussman talking to the FBI chief counsel. Now, here's something interesting, too, Bob. Remember, this is, this is uh, Zussman talking to Jim Baker, chief counsel at the FBI in September of 2016. So Jim Baker also received information from David Korn about the, 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 the dossier. What's, what's chief counsel of the FBI taking information from these guys for? David Korn was a friend of his. I think that's interesting, and we'll see, we'll see if Durham does something with that. I don't know. All I know is this, this is not your normal false statement to the FBI kind of indictment. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust your optimism there and hope you're right. Last thing, can you confirm John Durham really does exist? Right? He's he's not just like yeah, he a does. Convoc- okay. I just thought maybe he was a yeah. composite investigative character that was created so that yeah. people know yeah. that somebody is on the case here because nobody has ever seen or heard of him in public. No one ever. Yeah. It's just like the name Durham is there as if it's uh, you know some sort of a created entity. But I'll take your word if you yeah. if, you, if you say he, he's real, then we'll trust it. Congressman, yeah. right. thank you for the time as always. We'll talk soon. See that, Bob. Thank you. Right. That's Jim Jordan. We'll be right back. And whatever. Okay, 9.58. Thanks to uh, Jim Jordan. Dr. Everett Piper is coming up after the top of the hour news. Let's squeeze in Charlie in Westlake. Go ahead, Charlie. Charlie, are you there? Hey, Bob. Yeah, okay. Bob. Thank yeah, you for you. taking the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you opened up with this uh, the pandemic and this mask thing. I had an experience yesterday. I had to go to the doctor with my girlfriend. She, they made us wear a mask. And I said, you know, these masks don't work. And the fact of the matter is they don't work. We found out so much about this. The six-foot 
distance thing was all make-believe. Droplets, all make-believe. It's an aerosol. It goes in the air, and it stays up in the air. It does it, Any mask won't work. A regular surgeon only wears his N95 mask for about 20 minutes. This ridiculous, making these kids wear masks, it's, 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 a, it's tyranny. It's ridiculous. It's no science involved at all. No, there is no science in all that. In fact, it's it's the exact exact opposite of science, which is the point I was laboring to make at the beginning of the show. Uh, because, and thank you for the call. Not only does it not uh, is there is there no proof that wearing a mask limits or stops coronavirus spread. There is ample evidence, which is what science shows here, that according to multiple studies, again, controlled studies, that they absolutely do not work. You understand the day. I hate to be repetitive, and I don't mean to be this way. It's not as if it's like it either works or it does nothing at all. I'm talking about it being counterproductive. I'm talking about masking particularly healthy people, and especially children, is dangerous for their health. Not only do masks not stop coronavirus, they can lead to other health conditions on people who are forced to wear them long term. Like, for example, seven hours a day in a school building or eight hours a day on a job. It can cause very adverse health effects, and they have been listed. Uh, numerous uh, studies have shown this. So the, the, science, the party of science calling all of us who resist masking mandates and vax mandates, they're the, they're the party that is literally ignoring what real science results have shown. They just call themselves science because they've got Dr. Fauci on their side. And Dr. Fauci said, in, in, in all humility, do you remember this a few months ago? He said, I am science. That's a paraphrase, but he basically said, I am science. Listening to me is listening to science. It's unbelievable. All right, time out. News time now. On the other side, Dr. Everett Piper, and he's got a lot of important stuff to discuss with you. Be here for that next. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.